Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in this house today. Come on. If your house is built on Jesus, why don't you give him some praise in this place today? Come on. You may be seated. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. That song is so prophetic in so many ways. And I believe if you made it to the house of God today, if you weathered the storm, I'm believing that this word that is going to be preached today is a prophetic word. And I I, I think sometimes God allows the rain to separate. So what are you talking about? God knows when certain things happen, certain people will come and certain people won't. And I think if you're sitting in these chairs today or watching online today, there was something that you were supposed to get that the ones that didn't show up won't. I I, I believe that the word that's going to go forth from this pulpit today will be one that will mark out the course for the rest of this year for your life in Jesus' name. And... We're out of this Family Matters series. I, I hope you go back and rewatch it because those are our seven core values and give it up for Pastor Joanne, the prettiest and the smartest and one of the most prophetic pastors on the planet for preaching on creativity. Such a powerful, powerful thought that you gave last week and I love you and I'm always proud of you and I just love to see you grow in your spiritual gifting. Can we give it up one more time for our pastor? She's so amazing. Mm-mm-mm. But today I, I want to I I do something different. We're, we're, we're coming into the last three months of the year. October, November, December. And you know, it's the fall season and things are harvested in the, in the fall. And, you know, we celebrate the abundance of, of the fall and usually for us as a church, this is the time where we do our heart for the house. And all that stuff is coming. A heart for the house is where we just give above and beyond because we want to see the things of the house being built. Last year, when we talked about heart for the house, I gave people some plans. Remember those building plans? And it said cool house on it. And talked about the future of the building that we want to build. But I I love it because before we ever build that building, God gave us an opportunity to make a mini version of the cool house. And you gave to it. And you made that happen. Because you gave, now we have a headquarters in the middle of the community that we can do God's work. And the church said, you made that happen with your generosity. But before we get into that season... God told me I got to pause and reflect on the moment for a second. So 
This week, as I was seeing everything that was going on with this storm, I just got a prophetic word in my spirit. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis, if you don't know where that is, go to the table of contents in your Bible and then turn to the next page. Genesis, first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. It's a story you may have heard before, and if you haven't, that's okay. Let's just consider this Sunday school today. It's a story about a man named Noah. Noah. You heard the story of Noah and how he got to every animal in the entire world and put them on the ark, even two roaches. <laughs> made the ark. God, why you save the roaches? They got a purpose. We might not like it. Some roaches' purpose may just be to ter terrorize you. Especially the flying ones. Those are the words. But they got a purpose. Genesis chapter 8. Even when you give a prophetic word, you can still laugh. Amen. <laughs> it's a joy to the Lord. That's our strength. Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 reads like this. If you don't have a Bible, it'll come up on the screens behind me. Or you could even use the Cool Church app. Shout out once again to my online family. You can find all the notes there. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1 reads, I love this, but God remembered Noah. <laughs> Underline that word remembered. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he, I love this, he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. That's a good place to say amen. God remembered Noah and the wild animals and the livestock that were on the ark and he sent a wind, a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, we're going to skip down, says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Amen? If you're taking notes today on this very special Sunday, I've entitled this message this, After the Rain. After the Rain. Let's pray. Father God, once again, I thank you for this day. For this day, you may let us rejoice and be glad. And God, I thank you that before the earth ever began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here today. You knew each and every person that was going to watch online. God, I just pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. I pray your son would introduce himself to people that don't know him and reintroduce himself to people that know him that are far away from him. And God, though we've experienced recently the wind and the rain, let us not be houses that are built on sinking sand. Let us be a part of a house that is built on the rock. His name is Jesus. Let this word rest in somebody's spirit and may it be a word that will carry them 
through the rest of 2022. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said? Everyone said? Somebody give Jesus one more shout of praise. Come on. After the rain, Florida was uh, just hit uh, by the largest hurricane that has ever um, hit the west coast of our beautiful peninsula, Hurricane Ian. How many of you would raise your hand and say uh, this was your first hurricane experience? Just raise your hand. There's a few of us. Okay. Well, we Florida folks. We, we done been there before. We done, we, done, we done seen it. We watched this storm all, all week long. We've been watching this storm. And thank God it went around Dade and Broward County. But to give you some perspective, this storm, once again, they said it was the largest storm that ever hit the west coast of Florida. It was a category four storm, 155 mile per hour winds with wind gusts up to 190 miles per hour. The only difference between a category four and a category five is Ian was 155 miles per hour. A category five is 157 miles per hour. It reminds us of another storm that some of us, like myself, has experienced as a young man, and it was Hurricane Andrew. I was in sixth grade when Hurricane Andrew hit. It's a long time ago. Still had hair, but did not have a beard. And that was a Cat 5 um, when it was out in the Gulf and it finally hit us and I mean it devastated Homestead a lot of us many of us uh, we were without power for at least two weeks my dad was grilling like every day but like he does that when we have power so life wasn't much different for us but as devastating as Andrew was Andrew's eye the eye of Andrew was only about 20 miles wide this storm, Ian was so devastating because the eye of Ian was 40 miles wide. It was, it was massive. It was just dumping rain everywhere. And you could feel the impact of this storm even if you weren't close to the eye. Broward County actually felt some residual effects of the storm because there was literally tornadoes in Broward County. Right down the street at Perry Airport, planes were flipped over. And the storm wasn't even near us. This storm had a massive impact. It was literally raining on everyone's parade. And if the winds didn't get you, the thing about this storm that was so tough was all the rain. The rain just kept falling, man. It was, it was crazy. They, they canceled schools for a few days. I know my daughter was happy about that. Because the rains were coming. The weather was deteriorating. It's interesting though, because like at the same time, I had announced to you last weekend that we were going to open up the cool house and do this grand opening on Friday. So what do Florida folks do? We looking at the weather tracker to see where this thing is going to go. All we, we've been planning for months. Man, we're going to open this thing on the 30th no matter what. Then I hear hurricanes coming. I'm like, Lord Jesus. I'm about to have to tell these folks that we gotta that we gotta cancel and we, we gotta postpone because we don't know what the storm's gonna do. I don't care what they tell you on the news. The storm can do whatever it wants to do. We don't control the storm. God controls the storm. 
So it was tough because we literally were just watching the storm and working, watching the storm and, and, and working. And I, I even remember like the, the, the gentleman that, that had come to put all our graphics on our windows. It, it, was, it was Tuesday night and like weather was deteriorating rapidly. This is when the, the tornadoes came. And literally I'm inside the cool house waiting on them to finish because they needed power. They're outside and I'm like, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm praying, but I'm trying not to laugh. They outside trying to put these graphics on the windows. The wind is blowing so hard, and it's such a torrential downpour. The graphics are literally flying off of the windows. And they out there, I'm like, y'all good? They're like, we gonna get it done, man. They about to blow away. I'm like, I ain't got insurance for what y'all doing right now. I'm like, Lord, are we gonna be able to get this thing finished? Like, this thing is, is getting bad. Real, real quick. It's crazy because while we're pushing to finish something that I believe God called us to, we had to deal with the wind and we had to deal with the rain. For the last five months, six months, we've been working to officially open this spot called the Cool House. And can I tell you, I know we just had the hurricane last week, but can I tell you the entire time I felt like we've been in the rain? Like it has been such a trial to get this thing to where you saw it today. Like, the moment we opened up a wall, we knew, Houston, we have a problem. We got that thing and we're excited, man, this is a blessing. And then we start opening up walls, Jesus. The electrical was a mess. The four air conditionings, uh, AC units were a mess. The, 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 fl the floors, Lord Jesus, the floor, that red carpet. I had nightmares about that red carpet. <laughs> we pulled up the red carpet and then we saw some tile there and we got worried because one of our guys that goes to this church, he's a project manager, contractor. He looked at the tile and said, Pastor Terrence, don't move any further. We got to get this checked, man. We got to make sure this is not asbestos. This may not be safe for us. We got to check. We found out it wasn't asbestos, but we opened it up and I was like, Lord Jesus, we got to deal with this too. We did most of the work ourselves, but the things that we couldn't do, we, we hired people. There were some contractors in this house. There were contractors outside this house. I love the contractors in this house. Uh, shout out to Donovan who does all our plumbing. Praise God for you, brother. So many more carpenters like my guy, Frank. Oh, my God, Frank, I love you, man. Oh, we wouldn't have floors in the cool house if it wasn't for Frank and the cool men. Y'all give it up for them, bro. <laughs> Guys, custom doing countertops and stuff for us. That was from our house. But then there were some people outside ours. We had contractors that did us wrong in the name of Jesus. You know how Florida is. Had people leave the job. And I was like... I got, to, I got to a point, I'm not going to lie to y'all, I was trying to like will this thing into existence because I know what God had put on our heart to, to, to make happen. And I was like, God, I, I, I feel like we're going to be in this forever. Like when are we going to get past this rainy season? I feel like, like, like we, just, we, just, we just stuck in this. I, I, I felt like since, since day one, this project was giving resistance and tension. From the first day, it's, as annoying as that may be, the other truth that I held in my heart is I know that God has never called me to do anything easy. Known that. And I want to encourage somebody with a statement that I heard that helped me keep going as we were trying to push through the rain that was called this cool house. It's, and the statement is this. 
when you lose the tension between where you are and where you want to go, you plateau. What am I trying to tell you? You cannot grow without tension. You cannot grow without some sort of stress. You cannot grow without some kind of trial or tribulation. If things are too easy, then your body will do what it naturally wants to do. Your body's looking for comfort, so your body will stop when there is no tension. Without tension, there is no growth. When you lose tension between where you are and where you want to go, you plateau. Have you ever felt like you've been stuck? been feeling like that all year long. We've been pushing through. We've been making it. But have you ever felt like you've been stuck? Even worse, you ever been stuck in the rain? So hard to be stuck in the rain because you're literally just waiting for the rain to chill so you can do what you got to do. No one in the entire Bible knows what it feels like to be stuck in the rain like Noah does. Noah fully understands what it feels like to be stuck in the rain. Can I offer you a few suggestions? Can I tell you a few things that will help you when you find yourself stuck in the rain? The first thing is this. God will never leave you out in the rain. See, that might be the only word somebody needs today because you feel like you've been stuck and you feel like God's forgotten about you. God will not leave you out in the rain. Genesis 8, chapter 1. I love this. Noah, he takes 120 years to build an ark. Not only does he take 120 years to build an ark, people lived long at that time. By the time he was done building the ark, Noah was already 500 years old. He built this ark because he heard from God that rain was coming. At this time, people didn't even know what that was. They're like, what, what are you talking? You build, you build an ark for what? Like, like what, 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 what's this rain that's going to flood and, like, and like cause this mass destruction that we got to prepare for? Like, what are you talking about? They thought Noah was crazy. Genesis 8, chapter 1. Noah is to every animal. By the grace of God, onto the ark, the rains come. The earth gets flooded. Genesis 8.1. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him on the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now, if you read that, it is very interesting. It says God remembered Noah. If God remembered Noah, did he forget Noah? Because in order to remember something, you would assume that you would have to forget something. I don't want you to take this and read this and assume God is less powerful than he is. How many of you know your God, he only forgets what he wants to forget? God, when it says God remembered Noah? Let me clarify. God never forgot Noah. I want you to hear when I say that because this relates to you. Just like God never forgot Noah, God can't forget you. He cannot. It's impossible for him to forget you. The only thing that God actually chooses to forget is your sin when you give your life to him. That's the only thing that God chooses to forget. If you have a repentant heart, 
the Bible says that he will literally cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. God cannot forget you, but he chooses to forget your sin. So if God chooses to forget your sin, why do you keep on reliving it and remembering it? God's trying to show you a healthy attitude of what a person that loves Jesus and moves on looks like. He's like, forget about it. Stop holding on to it. If I don't remember it, why do you? God's trying to show you how to move on with your life. So let me, let me clarify, God did not just remember Noah. God never forgot about Noah. It's impossible for God to forget about the thing that he created. He loves you. He created you. That's why Deuteronomy 31.8 says things like, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I know he did not forget Noah because how could Noah been, have sustained on the ark for over 360 odd days if God had forgotten about him? Who else was taking care of Noah and his family on the ark? God clearly did not forget him because he sustained him. But at this point, what the author is really referring to when he says that God remembered Noah, he's saying that God again turned his active attention towards Noah. I can, listen, I can be doing something else and still remember you and you might feel like I'm not engaged with you, but then you always feel like I'm engaged with you when I finally turn my active attention toward you. It's the difference between forgetting and just doing other stuff while you're allowing something to happen on the other side. God's not forgotten about you. Maybe he's allowed some things to happen, but oh, you better get ready because we serve the God that will eventually actively turn his attention towards you. God has never and can never forget about you, but get ready because I believe God is actively in a season now where he's about to turn his attention towards us. How will God turn his attention towards you in this season? He's going to send the wind. God's getting ready to send some wind for somebody. You might have thought that he'd forgotten about you. No, he didn't just remember you. He's actually about to turn in your direction so he can allow his Holy Spirit wind to blow all over you. God will send the wind. How? I love love this story because often people use science to prove the Bible wrong, but it's funny, all science ever does is prove the Bible right. I love love this, because what does it say? It says, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him on the ark, and he sent wind over the earth, and the waters receded. He sent wind, and the waters receded receded. I, I think that's, that's very interesting. God's going to send the wind and the water. The wind is the thing that made the water recede. As I'm writing, I, 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 I'm always writing messages, but like I, I really lean in. Every Wednesday, people call me and sometimes I just don't answer my phone most times on Wednesday because that's when I write. I write the most. It's like not that I don't love you. I'm like just trying to get my download in. And as I'm writing, 
Because um, I also like to be prepared. I don't like to wait for the last minute. I just want you to know this has been thought about for a while before it was presented to you. So as I'm writing, there's a lot of different things going on in the background. Sometimes there might be music. Sometimes I got the news going on because I need to know what's happening in the world so I can address you and help you uh, uh, wrestle with the things that are happening on in society at the time. But I, I always got my books open. I got my Bible. I got, I got supporting text and, and supporting scripture. I got concordances. I got all kinds of things going on. And as I'm writing this message, CNN's on and all they're doing at this point, it was Wednesday, all they were doing was talking about the storm. This is all I'm seeing on, on the ticker. And then they, they, they said, very special report. I'm like, okay, what's this? Uh, we're seeing something that we've never seen with, this, this, uh, with a storm before. There's a, there's a scientific phenomenon called reverse storm surge. Did you hear about this? It freaked me out because initially the path of the storm was supposed to hit Tampa Bay directly. The storm shifts south. The hurricane shifts south, hits Fort Myers, different places like that. And because of the trajectory of the storm, Tampa Bay, that was supposed to get a storm surge of 9 to 18 feet, they looked out at the bay and there was no water in the bay. Because the hurricane had literally sucked the water away from the bay, so much so that humans of a lighter persuasion than I <laughs> found themselves in the middle of the bay walking around like it was a park. I'm like, you don't feel that way? I'm like, hey, Chuck, this is awesome. Never been this far out in the bay before. Wow. It's great, throwing frisbees in the bay, watching this on the news. I'm like, it's a stinking hurricane outside. And y'all playing around like the Israelites in the middle of the Red Sea that got it dried up. What's wrong with y'all? Who made y'all like that? They're playing in this space because they had never seen that space without water. And I'm sitting here and I'm laughing because I'm like, God, you sent wind to recede the rain. Maybe what receded the rain in Noah's day looked like a hurricane too. Once again, Science is proving what God's word said to be true. How does wind take the water away? Ask the people in Tampa Bay. But God's word said it first. <laughs> Hurricane Ivan's path shifted and the result was a phenomenon called negative surge that receded the water away from the storm. I just want to tell somebody in the spirit today that God is about to send wind. 
God is about to send a hurricane called the Holy Spirit to pull some things out of your life, to recede some things out of your life. So don't be mad when the toxic relationship you refuse to break away from recedes because the Holy Spirit is on you. Don't be upset when the job that you thought was good recedes because the hurricane called the Holy Spirit is on you. Don't be flustered when the opportunity you thought was your golden ticket goes away or recedes because the Holy Spirit is on you. Because the Holy Spirit won't just pull stuff off of your life, it'll actually push you forward. Y'all don't want me to preach today because you're way too quiet. If you really wanted me to preach, you would get onto this word that I'm throwing out right there. Some of y'all need a hurricane in your life to pull some things away. You mad at the wind, you mad at the rain, but God knows what he needs to allow to happen in your life so that those things recede away from you. Some of you need a hurricane. You need some wind to pull some things off of you that don't belong on you. When the spirit won't just pull stuff off your life, it's going to push you forward. Push you forward into God ideas, push you forward into positive partnerships, push you forward into God's will that scares you or terrifies you. Let the spirit push you forward into your purpose today. We serve the God that will send a hurricane. Call the Holy Spirit to receive the things that are drowning you and push you forward because he never leaves his children in the rain. God will not leave you in the rain. He's going to send the wind. But here's the other thing you need to know about being in the rain. You got to find rest after the rain. Some of y'all ain't rested in a while. I could tell. I could see it all over you. But you got to find rest after the rain. Genesis 8, 3 through 4 says, The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the seventh day of, excuse me, the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Uh, That would be in modern day Turkey today if you want to check your geography. And theologians, they believe that Noah and his family were on this ark from about 364 days to 377 days. We hear that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but if you track the Bible, as a matter of fact, put up that, 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 that little grid up there. If you track the Bible, you can actually take a picture of this if you ever really want to know how long Noah was on the ark. I won't go through it all, but it tells you those first seven days, zero days on board, Noah, he gathered all the animals, and then 40 days, of rain came. This is the first 40 days and Noah is on this ark. And I love this because it tells you in the Bible where in Genesis to find all this stuff. So you see, I'm not just making it up. You can go do a whole Bible study for yourself to see how long Noah was on the ark and the church said, don't just take my word for it. Go back and look yourself. Water swelled up on the earth um, until all of the mountains, could you imagine all the mountains being covered by water? The mountains 
being covered, and all the land creatures and people that were not on the ark had died. So after the rain, there's a hundred and it had, it had to rain so long. And now there's 150 days. Everything just died. God had to make sure everything was done. It's like, I'm sick of y'all. I'm going to clean it out and we're going to start all over. Right. Now look at the end of the 150 days, God sends the wind, right. And stops the water and the rain. The ark runs aground on Ararat. It's sitting on, 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 on this mountain. And then it keeps, on, it keeps on going down. And you see, by the end of it, it says, the earth has dried out sufficiently. Noah has left the ark with all of the animals. Now, I want you to take something in, into consideration. If you're looking at this timeline, I, I, I've, I've done the math for you. But it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. If they're on the ark between 364 and 377 days, there's 300 days of no rain that they just sitting on this ark. Over 300, easily. And when they finally get to the Mount of, Ar the Mount of Ararat where the ark stops moving, it finds rest, that's about 174 days stuck in a position. 174 days. There's two very powerful, maybe three, powerful things about this text that I want to just pull out that when the water resides, you have to see what happens to the ark. So let's read the passage again. Genesis 8, 3, 3 through 4 says, the water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. On the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountain's of Ararat. What's the first thing that happens when the water resides? What happens to the ark? It finds Jesus. The ark finds rest. It rests at this certain place for 174 days. What do you think about on a boat for 174 days? I've been on a cruise for like a week and I'm like, all right, Lord, we got to get off this boat. What, what do you think about sitting on a boat with a bunch of stank animals? Like, I have a dog, and he got some smells sometimes. I get, I'm at zebras, hippos, walruses, lions that don't do nothing but sleep and pass gas all day long. You on a boat with this, you just sitting still for 174 days. Like, like, what do you think about on a boat that long? If I'm Noah, I'm thinking that Noah is thinking about his mission. What was Noah's mission? To kickstart humanity. That's what I'm thinking he's thinking about. And I just want to ask you, in moments of rest, what are you thinking about? See, some of you don't have time to think because you don't give yourself a moment of rest. But in moments of rest, what are you really thinking about? And why does it matter? Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he, what if God was giving you a moment after the rain to rest because he was calling you to turn your thoughts into things? What if you're supposed to turn your thoughts into things? You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, we all had a real big moment of rest called 2020. We were stuck in our house. Couldn't go out and do the things that we normally did. And me, I can't just sit down and not think. 
Sometimes my thoughts overwhelm me so much, I wake up from my sleep and I start thinking about how to do things. The one thing that I thought about when we could not have church physically, I start thinking about, man, if this thing is ever over, we got to have a space that nobody could ever take away from us again. We got we got to have a place where the community could gather. We got to have a place where we could grow. We got to have a place where we could grind. When God sat my butt down and made me rest, I was thinking about the cool house. But I'm so glad that that thought turned into a thing that now we can sit in. We can worship in. We can praise in. We can connect in. We can build the community in. After a while, when you get that rest don't just rest and not be thinking be thinking about how to turn your thoughts into things a lot of people have thoughts but they never do the work to try to figure out how to turn it into something tangible that could actually bless them do not stop at a thought turn your thought into a thing with the power of the holy spirit it's not enough just to think about it. There's people that make me laugh because they come up with really good ideas and then they get mad when somebody else does it before them. Well, while you were thinking, they were thinking too. But while you kept on thinking, they started turning that thing that they thought about into a thing. Don't get mad when somebody has your idea. They actually made it happen. Some of you have been sitting on ideas that could have made you a billionaire already because you keep thinking about it. And you haven't turned your thought into a thing. Turn your thought. If God gives you the thought, don't sit on it. He's get, if, listen, once you have the thought, the rest is over. You must put that thought into action and turn it into a thing. You get a thought, it's like, it's not the right time yet. When's going to be the right time? You might die tomorrow. When's going to be the right time? Do it today. Don't rest on something God gave you in a moment of rest. Oh, my goodness. Turn your thoughts into things. I love, I love this because once again, we get a couple things out of this passage. The ark finds rest. 174 days. No, it just has time to think. The ark finds rest. Where does it find rest? Say it. Say it out loud. On the mountain. The ark finds rest on the mountain. Why does the ark find rest on the mountain? There's a million scriptures I could pull you to tell you why the ark finds rest on the mountain, but I'll just give you one. Exodus 24, 17, and 18. To the Israelites, when the Israelites were in the wilderness with Moses, Moses often went up where? To the what? He went up to the mountain. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of a what? Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the what? And he stayed on the for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible uses the mountain as a place where God's presence rests. So after the rain, you may feel tired. After the rain, you may feel worn out. After the rain, you may feel discouraged. You may feel stressed. But all you have to do is look up to the mountain and the presence of God will always be found there. Some of you want to look down at your problems when God is telling you look up at the mountain because I I got everything you need right up here if you believe it. Say amen. amen. Look to the mountain. The mountain. You always got to meet God at a higher place. Some of you can't meet God because you stay in low places. 
You at the strip club, you ain't gonna find God there. You with your side piece, you ain't gonna find God there. You scamming and scheming, you definitely won't find God there. God will never meet you at a low place. He loves broken people and he will help you, but I promise you he does not want you to stay that way. The beautiful thing about a low place, here's the beautiful thing about a low place. When you get low and you have no other options, where's the only place you can look? Find him on the mountain. I don't care how low you are today. Just look up and I promise you the presence of God is waiting to wrap you in his loving arms and give you comfort like you've never had before. So don't look down in your problems. Look up to the God that rests on the mountain because that's where his presence is. But I I love this because if you go back to Genesis 8, Verse five, it says, the waters continue to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. I love that. Water began to recede so much that the only thing that was visible on the entire earth other than the ark was the tops of the mountains. You know how beautiful a picture that is? I love that when the rain stops and you find rest on the mountains, the mountain reveals itself. When the rain stops, God will make sure he is the only thing that you can see so no one else can get credit for your rest. Stop giving everything credit for your rest. Your money didn't give you rest, God did. That house didn't give you rest, God did. Your spouse didn't give you rest, God did. Your kids don't give you rest, God did. That bed don't give you rest, God did. Even this brick and mortar building where we're worshiping today does not give you rest because this place does not matter without the God that is over this place. Our God is the mountain and God wants to literally shut down everything in your life so the only thing you can see is him and give him all the glory, give him all the praise because he is worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. After the rain, God will make sure the only thing you can see is the mountain. If you believe it, say amen. Stop giving credit to the things. Give credit to the one that created those things. Mm -mm. Find rest in God's presence on the mountain after the rain. And finally, Ben can come back up. After the rain, we must multiply. After the rain, we must multiply. Because God will never leave you in the rain. You can find rest in the rain. But after the rain, you must multiply. Genesis 8. 15 through 17. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark. Noah had been sending doves out, birds out. And every time they came back, he's like, the only reason they're coming back is because they haven't found a place to nest. Eventually, he sent birds out. They didn't come back. And God said to Noah, verse 15, come out of the ark. You 
and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. That's a great place to say. As much as we can be annoyed by the rain, here's the truth of the matter. The ground is always more fertile after the rain. We need the rain. We may not always like it, but, but the rain does something in the chemistry of the ground for it to produce. Everything is more fertile after the rain. The issue is a lot of people are praying to God and looking for the harvest where there has been no rain. You're looking for harvest where there's been no rain. You want to build trust in a relationship, but you've been through no conflicts. Can't see the harvest without the rain. I love my wife, but the only reason we've been together for 23 years because we've had to go through some rain. You want to make money, but you don't want to invest money. See, the reason some of you don't have money because you hold on to it so tight, you're so scared to lose it. You can't make it if you don't lose it. You got to endure the rain. You want to win, but you've never failed. How you going to know what not to do if all you ever do is succeed, man? One, if all you ever do is succeed, if all you ever do is win, I promise you, you won't find yourself in a place of humility. Sometimes you need failure because it'll teach you the best lessons on humility in life. And you fail forward. You want to have vision, but never had to push your vision through everyone else's doubt. You need the rain. I see it and nobody believes in me. Good. You need that rain. Because if your vision is real, you'll push through all your haters and doubters anyway. If the only thing that stops you is somebody that said, no, you didn't have a real vision in the, in the beginning anyway. Vision goes past the no till it finds a yes. You see, you may not like the rain, but the rain is necessary for you to multiply. I want to be a great athlete, but I got injured. You need that rain. Because I believe the things that you injured is going to come back even stronger in Jesus' name. Who would you be without the rain? I love this. Rain is necessary for multiplication. And I know rain can be seen as opposition, but according to scripture, it can also be God's will. Rain can be God's will. Another way to say it is rain can be God's ways. So how do you know that? Look at what Isaiah 55 says. Isaiah 55 verse 8. People like to read verses 8 and 9, but they don't like to read verses 10 and 11. So I'm going to read all of them for you. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the part that people reading it. Yes, the Lord know more than me. is way higher than my way thoughts, higher than my thoughts. And they don't read the rest. Read it in context. Verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from the heaven 
and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is, I love this because God is likening his thoughts and his ways and his word to rain. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Imagine the mouth of God is like a spout above us. His word goes out of my mouth and it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desired and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word, his ways, his will fall from his mouth like rain. When they fall, what does it land on? Us. It falls on us. And the prophet Isaiah, in this context, he's writing about God's thoughts, his ways, and his word, and he's making an analogy that when God says something, it has to go somewhere. And he uses rain because rain only goes in one direction, down. And it has to land on something. But I love that he, he likens his ways, his words, and his thoughts to rain because when they land, they have to hit something. And when rain hits something, what happens? It produces something. The ways of God, the will of God, the word of God should fall on you and something should be produced from it. It cannot just fall on you and just drench you. I see that happening a lot. Like, you know, we say things like the word goes forth and it does not return void. But a lot of times the word goes forth, people get spiritually fat and they don't do nothing with it. That's not what's supposed to happen. The word... His ways, his will is supposed to spark something in you that energizes something in you to transform, to be different, to create something new. As the rains go down, they don't come back up. And the same thing happens with God's thoughts, his ways, his word. He loves us so much that he pours them out on us. God's trying to tell us, hey, everything that I have, I'm pouring out. I'm pouring it out to you like rain. And, and, and when, when, it, when it falls, whatever I drop on you must produce something. Whatever God's rain falls on must accomplish his desired effect based upon his intended purpose. If God's rain falls on you, if he's allowing that to happen, he has a specific purpose that only you were designed to fulfill through his word that is on you. That's on you. What am I saying in short? God's reign forces things to produce. It forces things to produce. Why does the rain falling on us in this season matter now more than ever? God's trying to get us to produce something. And I don't know what you, if you're catching what I'm throwing, but I don't think it's coincidence that we just saw this storm pass through when it did. I don't think it's coincidence that we finished this project when we did. We had this thing happen on September 30th. Why does that even matter? Why is it, why is it important? 
It's important that we open the cool house on September 30th. Why? Because September is the ninth month of the year. Why, why, why does that matter? In numerology, spiritually, nine means so many different things. I love this because spiritually, why do we have to end the cool house in the ninth month? Because nine spiritually means finality. It means finish. It means to finish something. It also means the drought is over. Look at this. Nine also means fullness or the fulfillment of time. You say, how do you know that, pastor? Nine means the end of a season. Fullness or fulfillment of time. How long do women carry children? After nine months, the promised seed is fulfilled until it gets birthed. Nine months. But nine also means fruitfulness. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? Nine. Why? Because God is trying to tell us you have to close the door on this season because in the 10th month, I want to produce something new in the next season. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but we had to finish in the ninth month and open up on the 10th month because I am declaring that the spirit that in this 10th month of October, it will be the beginning of supernatural harvest over this house and this congregation because 10 is God's divine authority. 10 means small things come together to make big things. 10 speaks to together. 10 speaks to unity. 10 speaks to things uniting to create a greater thing. And I'm declaring right now over this house that October, November, and December will be the months that the greatest things that this house and your life have ever seen will be produced in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know who's catching what I'm throwing now, but if you want to receive that blessing over your life, put your hands in the air and declare, God, pour out your blessing on me if you believe it. Say amen. October, November, and December of 2022. It's going to be the time that God does a new thing in our life. We finished that old season. We're done sitting in the rain. The rain is over. And the harvest is coming in Jesus' name. Genesis 8.22 As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest seed time harvest cold day summer and winter day and night will never cease life will not stop and the harvest is always going to come it's, God may know a promise for as long as there's seed time there's going to be a harvest as long as the earth endures as long as we got another breath in our lungs there's an opportunity for the harvest so church keep pushing 
Keep building. Keep growing. Keep believing. Keep fighting because as long as the earth endures, the days will come. And if the days come, the seasons will change. And if the season will change, seeds will be planted in that season. And if seeds are planted, the rains will fall. And if the rains fall, the harvest is guaranteed to come. Tell somebody, after the rain, my harvest is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, after the rain, my harvest is coming. Look at your other neighbor and say, after the rain, my harvest is coming. Because you gotta grow there before you can go there. You gotta grow there before you can go there. Stop saying, here we go. No, say, here we grow. Here we grow. Right here. Right now. This is the time. This is the season. Because God wants to grow you after the rain. Say, what does that have to do with Jesus? everything to do with Jesus. God wants to grow you after the rain. You think the greatest rain that ever happened to humanity was with Noah? Greatest rain that ever happened to humanity was with Jesus. When he was stretched out on the cross and a spear hit his side, the Bible says blood and water hit the ground. I'm just trying to give you the gospel through Noah. Blood and water hit the ground. He was emptied out. And I already told you, if God pours something out, he has to pour it out on something. He poured it out on this earth, but the earth is a representation of what? He poured out the rain of his blood on all of us because he wanted to see a harvest. Because the blood of Jesus rained on us all, we can live in the beautiful harvest of salvation for all of eternity. For without Jesus, there is no salvation. So I thank God that he sent the rain of the blood of his son to pour out on me when I did not deserve it. Jesus did not hold back. His grace was poured out on all of us. And if God has poured out his son's blood on you and you have received that, then I want you to know that you are saved and changed and you are counted in the harvest of all of eternity if you believe it say amen after the rain harvest is coming harvest is coming Jesus didn't pour his blood out for no reason he did it for a harvest with every head bowed, every eye closed, that was a prophetic word in his house. Harvest is coming.
the rain's over. Harvest is coming. But we can harvest a lot of things. We can harvest prosperity. We can harvest new relationships. But the only harvest that truly matters is the harvest of eternity. That's why Jesus allowed himself to be poured out the way that he did. Because he was trying to harvest souls. Better yet, he was trying to harvest sons. He was trying to harvest daughters. And he knew pouring out his blood on humanity was the only way to do it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead. Let me stop there. Believe in your heart. He was what? Raised from the dead. That means that you know he went through a process of crucifixion and you know that he's not dead anymore and you believe that he sits at the right hand of the Father. If you believe that, the Bible says you're brand new. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Every head, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, the rain is over. I want to be a part of the harvest of Jesus Christ. On the count of three, whether you've never made that decision or if you have, but you know you've been running and you know it's time to come home. Say, Pastor, I want to be counted in the harvest for all of eternity. I don't want to have a question about it anymore. I don't want to cry myself to sleep wondering if I'm a part of that harvest. I want to know that I'm a part of the harvest of Jesus Christ for all eternity. If you're in this place today and you want to know, no more doubt, no more shame, no more guilt, no more fear. On the count of three, don't worry about who's around you. I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. Hold it up. I see you and 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 you. I, I said all those yous because I want you to know that you're not alone. If your hand's up, you already standing up, come to this altar. Be counted in the harvest. Come on. Don't worry about somebody else. Come. Come. They're already coming. Come. Be counted. Don't be scared. Come. 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 Come right here, brother. Come on. We almost there. Y'all keep clapping because she coming, so we're going to make sure. I love this because it's family, so you never have to do anything alone. Y'all coming too? Praise God. Listen. If you say, man, I want to I be counted in that harvest, but it's scary. I don't want to go down there by myself. Look at your neighbor. Say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. Come on. Come on. If they say, yeah, grab them by the hand and walk them down right now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's why we do what we do. Yep. Man of God, you coming? I'm waiting on you. Yeah. God's been waiting on you for a long time. I'm waiting on you too, though.
Listen. You want to come too? Come on. I don't ever want you to doubt again if you are counted in God's harvest. Jesus died for you, just like he died for me. And what you did today, I've done too many times. And one day it finally, it finally stuck in my head. I don't have to go down to that altar anymore because Jesus, he lives in me. I'm not perfect, but God is with me. And everything he did was for me, just like it was for you. Just like it was for you. Just like it was for you. So I want you to reach your hands towards your family right now. Maybe you're down here, you want to reach up towards heaven. You say, why? Just surrender it all. I surrender. Surrender. And everybody, here or online, if you're watching, pray and repeat this after me. It's not the prayer we say. It's what you believe in your heart. That's what matters. So everybody say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me, Lord, to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's it. Check this out. Oh, I got something special for y'all. One, Stefan, you be trying to make me look bad. I got hands on from Carroll City. All right. If this is your first time or, you know, or maybe it's not your first time, but you never got this before. We got a gift for you. It's our fam tube. has a Bible in here. WWJD bracelet, a letter from me and Pastor Joe. Uh, it's our special gift for you that we want to make sure you get. But if you got questions, because sometimes you make decisions like this and you're like, what I really just do? Like, what just happened? We got folks, family, that can answer those questions. And there's not our answers. It's answers based on God's word, okay? And if we don't know something, we're not going to sit here and try to act like we know. We're going to be like, hey, just give me some time. Let me look in God's word and I'll find an answer for you, okay? I, I'm a pastor. I don't have all the answers. The one answer I am certain of is Jesus. He has all the answers, amen? So, the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, when one is harvested... There's a celebration in heaven. God himself, Jesus, he gets up off the throne and he is, you can't see, he's clapping right now. He's singing, he's shouting because he knows that his sacrifice was not for no reason because you matter. And all of heaven cheers and celebrates with him. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like because your family's going to help you hear right now. We about to celebrate you louder than anybody's ever celebrated you in your life. So on the count of three, they're going to cheer and y'all going to walk that way. Family, they're just going to be in the courtyard where they're getting their gift and they're talking to our folks, okay? So you can find them out there right after. On the count of three, y'all get ready. Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters. Let them know they're special. Let them know they're beautiful. Let them know. Worship them in this place.
dismissed in a moment, but I feel an urge on my, in my spirit right now. I, I feel like that prophetic word went out and I, I feel like there's some people that need to grab a hold of that deeper in their spirit. If, 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 you, are, if you are looking for these, listen, I'm not God. I can't, pro I, I can't promise you anything, but, but I can lean on what God, God's word says. Here's what I know. If the anointing is on the house, the anointing's on you because the house is not this building. This will go back to being a school auditorium tomorrow. We are the house of God. So if the anointing is on the house, the anointing's on you. I don't know about you. I don't wanna go back to the rain. I wanna believe with everything on my spirit that I will personally, in this house, will receive the greatest harvest it ever has in the next three months. If you want that, come down here right now. Come down right now. I don't know. You can act too saved if you want. I'm good. The blessings, I'm listening. Right now. Because I, I, I think the way, I think the greatest way to harvest is gratitude. You praise and worship God because he's the one that provides. I can't provide it for you. I'm just the messenger telling you what's coming. But you got to open your hands to receive it. I'm on the, if I could be on the other side of this microphone, I'd be here with my face on the ground right now and my hands in the air open to receive the harvest. They're going to worship. I'm not, listen, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray to myself because listen, I'm like you. I, 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 I want it to come on me and my family. They're going to worship. And while they worshiping, they believe in it for their life too. They ain't just to worship, they're believing it for their lives too. If you want to unlock a supernatural blessing, worship your way to it. Worship your, so we're just going to take a moment and I'll come up and close and dismiss. But don't wait for my prayer because my prayer does not unlock your blessing. Your worship unlocks your blessing. So come on, sing it out. Raise your hands. Come on, receive. Pray in the spirit. Come on.
If you believe that you're going to enter into the greatest season of blessing, don't wait for the blessing to come. Right now, open your mouth as they sing and begin to thank God. Thank Him in advance. Thank Him in advance. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. thank you that we serve the God that never fails. We're just thanking you in advance because we know that this will be the greatest season of our lives up to this point. Because we have faith in you, we believe the best is yet to come. The best, Lord. We've been through the rain. We've been through the storm. We've withstood the wind. But after the rain, God, we have arms open to heaven because we are ready to receive the harvest. Receive the harvest of the relationship. Receive the harvest of the house. Receive the harvest of prosperity. Receive the harvest of the baby. Receive the harvest of the entrepreneurial opportunity you have for us. Receive the harvest of the God idea. Receive the harvest of our sons and daughters coming home. Receive the harvest of a, of a new marriage in Jesus' name. Restore it in Jesus' name. Receive the harvest of buildings and properties that belong to us in Jesus' name. We receive what you pour out. 
because when your word pours down when your will pours down it does not go back up until it accomplishes its mission and its purpose God thank you for the rain because without the rain we know there is no harvest now I pray that you will bless these amazing people as they go out as they come in as they lie down in their labor and in their leisure God surround them with your presence I don't just pray that this will be the best week of their life I pray that this will be the best year of their life because you're going to do things that are unexpected before this year is over and all we're going to do is say thank you Jesus because we knew it was coming we got the faith it's coming in Jesus name I thank you and I can't wait to hear the testimonies of the people that have harvested after the rain I pray I'm one of those people God and give a testimony that'll shock people in Jesus bless my brothers and sisters as we know that your word and your blessing and your favor is on this house pray these things in Jesus name and everyone said everybody said seal it with praise give him praise come on thank you so much for tuning in to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you heard please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at WeAreCoolChurch. And always remember that you were created out of love.